Welcome to the OCG Bitch! The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, The O.C. I am your host for the evening, the once and future Mike. With me, as always, is my boon companion, Ryan. So, Mike. Mike. Yes, sir. Michael. You are, uh, I have had the, over the last couple months, I've had the microphone taken away from me by, like, uh, Cassie. Mm Mm-hmm. By Caitlin. Mm Mm-hmm. And now tonight was going to be my big night where I come back and, like, uh, we're actually reviewing. And hold on. Bear with me here. We're reviewing an episode of The O.C. We watched an episode of The O.C., and we will talk about that tonight. And just as I was about to start the show, the audience, like, quiet anticipation. Mm -hmm. Ready for me to do it. You are going to Kool-Aid your man way in here. Kool-Aid man your way in here. And now just, you're going to host this one? I grabbed a zip line, came in from above the audience's head one-handed, and just... did the intro on my way in. See, what the audience doesn't know that I do, they think that, like, wow, they really pulled out all the stops for Mike's return. I know that you zip line everywhere you go, no matter where you're going. So How else do you get places? Not I'm not walking, my fat ass nowhere. And so now you're here. Ta-da! Yeah. Look, you'll host the OCD when you're ready, bro. And you're not ready. This is episode 66? Nope. Yep. When do you think that I will be there? Mm, 200? 200. Yes. Then you will be my true bro CD to host the OCD. So I would say you are going to die as a host roughly at the same time. Marissa is going to die as a character. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. I think that tracks. I, many have said I'm the Marissa of this show. The ingenue. What are all of the, the things girl. That, we ha- like, that we say every episode that we just haven't said for months? Like, Malpisode is a good episode. Like, Malpisode's a good episode. What are all these things? Remember Anna, fuck Seth. Josh Schwartz wants to fuck Summer. Uh... Josh Schwartz is the worst. Seth is worse because we see ourselves in them. Arrow uh, started off as a pretty good show, but it's like falling off. We oh, used man. to say all of these things. The granddaddy of it all, Arrow is. Uh, Cal is Lex Luthor, a thing that the show heard we said and put into the episode we're talking about tonight. And let's not get into the logistics of time and time travel. No. That is clearly what happened. Look, everybody, every franchise in the world, because everybody's doing it now, don't try to ex- – time tra- travel is bunk, so just say time travel and move along. The minute you try to start explaining, everything is horse shit. We have always said that there are two, no more, no less, Lex Luthers in the world. Um, Caleb Nickel, we said it first before the show, mm-hmm. and one of, and we're not sure which, of the two and a half men. And yes. we were proven true, uh, proven correct on both accounts. And I'm, I can't wait for the world to know which one of the people from two and a half men. I'm still holding my breath. It's the happy. It's the happy? Yeah. You never trust the happies. No. I don't know. Anytime you see a, like a uh, bottom of a torso and legs walking around, you probably should not trust that. Mm-mm. You probably shouldn't say like, Mm-mm. oh, here's my ATM card, sir, because I trust you with my life. You can't look him in the eyes, no, those yeah. happies. Get, <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm not, what am I going to look him in the balls? I'm not going to do that. Rude. It's so rude. And you're going to what? Open their cargo pants to look at their balls? And the balls do that thing like if you're uh, ever caught staring at somebody, then they'll like stare at you harder. Like, oh. Ugh. And that's fine. It's a power move. Tour. But like, for balls to do that to my eye stare, that's weird. And yeah, they move in such a way you know. Uh-huh. You know they are staring harder. Those ball balls are drilling into your eyeballs. Also, if you're in a half situation, you're just the bottom half of the torso and legs. Um, oh, you think they're some of our listeners? Ew. For, well, I don't know how they're listening, but you already have a hard enough life. Maybe put some pants on. And don't just run around naked, balls are swinging, and staring balls at people. And I get, like, if life is that hard on you, why not make it hard on other people? And but, you like, are. You are making it hard. We're trying to live in a society here, halfies. Are we making that the new slur that everybody can say? Ryan, do you want to talk about the episode we're going to actually talk about? I don't remember how. I don't I know. know how to do this. I'll let, I'll, yeah, I'm going to tell you and the listeners what actually went down in this episode. Are you, sh- you don't want to do, like, a, uh, like a build-up baby steps, like an episode of Southland or Gotham or something else with Ryan Atwood before we jump in like this? I mean, it's definitely a Christmas special as we cover an entire other TV show, right? What is the Christmas Southland like? <laughs> oh, it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> it is not fun. Everybody's just dying and screaming and getting shot. But, Ryan. Yes. What we're doing tonight. Mike! hostilities heat up between Sandy and Kirsten when Sandy helps his old law school mentor find his daughter, Rebecca, whom was Sandy's first love. Meanwhile, Seth and Zach start up a comic base, a comic book based on their lives in Newport, while Summer questions why she's been left out. Ryan attempts to unite Lindsay and Caleb, 
but Cal is busy while with Marissa rebelling while Julie is in Europe. All of that and more on tonight's OCD. No miles off the fastball. Here we go. Ryan, we open up with the boys hanging out like they do. Seth is a bit of a sad sack because he doesn't know his stance with Alex. And then his brother Ryan tells him some of the best advice this show has ever been given to anybody is that if you have to wonder about it, it's probably not happening. Also, if she looks like Alex and you look like Seth, it's probably not happening. It's probably not happening. And I like Zach is just fully one of the bros now. The three of them are just getting breakfast like old men on the pier. They, uh, yeah, they all look like they do. And then they ride past a, a very sad Luke. Uh-huh. Who, who clearly sees Zach as like, oh, well, I guess I'm replaced now because they found a guy who looks just like me but is nice, so I guess I'm out. You guys, I had an arc. Yeah, but you still are dumb, dumb. Uh, Luke reaches out with like a cup mm-hmm. for just change, and then Seth notices that he does have some change and then decides to keep it for himself. Yeah. And they all just roll past Luke. And he mutters, I'll keep the change, which is like not a joke. It's just a thing you would say to somebody else, and now you're saying it about yourself. Yeah, it's weird. It's a classic Seth move. And then, so they blow by their old friend. They get into the diner. Uh, they're woeing their lady they're woes. Woeing. They're woeing their lady woes. Uh-huh. And Zach is like, no, man. Stop asking what Alex wants, and you get there and tell her what you want. Classic. Classic it, advice. Good, Pretty good advice until he gets flipped around, and Seth is like, oh, is that you tell Summer what you want all the time? And Zach crumbles. He puddles about thinking about telling what Summer what he would want. And that is a great example of do not ever ask questions you don't already know the answer to. Because mm-hmm. Seth knows Zach, and Seth knows Summer, and knows that Zach is full of shit. Nobody tells Summer what they want. Though that is a healthy relationship to tell the person what you want, as long as you're not a dick about it. Right. Uh, I, but, I mean, you're saying tell, tell what you want. Um, as opposed to, I demand this, and right. I give no shits about what you want. That is very different. Uh, but maybe by the way Zach wilted, maybe they were all, because they're dumb teenage boys, they meant it the other way. They were saying, no, here's what I fucking want. But I do like how it does, like, boys gonna front. Oh, like, boy gonna front. Boys are together, boys are gonna front, but there are limits. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think it's important to have boys front, but then also have boys know that it is fronting instead yeah. of ending the scene of like, yeah, we did do that. No, they we all did say what's up. like laugh and they're not like making fun of him for it. Like they're all laughing like good naturedly about it. Uh, we're in cheery Ryan still like he thinks it's silly. Uh, and then the aforementioned summer shows up and then Lindsay shows up and they just shove Seth out of the booth. It's a four butt booth. Grab a chair, Lindsay. You were late. Do, do you really think that old-fashioned Gary Cooper, Ryan Hatwood, is going to stand for that? No, he would punch Seth straight in the dick. He ran to the door, opened it for her, put down a like uh, jacket over a puddle so she could walk on top of it. And Shout then out, she sat out the, the Outlanders coming their way. <laughs> and so Seth takes this as symbolism, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't go grab a chair. He's like, oh, I think I'm realizing, uh, one, booths in America need to be bigger. Yes. This is fucking terrible. But also... I'm going to avoid the whole try to not be awkward as a fifth wheel and go, like, be proactive in my life. He's going back to take the advice Zach gave him that he deflated. So now he's angry. So it's like, no, I will go tell her what I want. But everyone knows it's going to be one of those situations that you go up to the door and you're like, I'm a fucking, I'm a man. And then you knock on the door and the door opens and you're like, hi. Yeah. Well, it's literally everybody would be like that. And especially Seth would be like that. So he shows up uh, to Alex's. Alex is on the phone with Marissa. They're, they're like, oh, we've hung out every day. Friendship is great. Uh, and Marissa gets weird that somebody's at the door. Alex gets weird that somebody's at the door. And she's like, nobody goes to school in your fucking friend group. That's a weird thing about TV is that, like, I live in a house with a door. And sometimes people knock on it. Yeah. But in TV, everybody, like, hears it. And they're like, what the <gasps> fuck was that? Who dares? Who ordered a murderer? Which normal people wouldn't get to the, like that for another 15 years. If you call anybody on the phone or show up at somebody's door... You, Somebody better be dying. I do like the point that you just brought up, uh, though, about Alex saying, does anybody at your school go to that school? Mm -hmm. Because it's important to note in, like, a lot of TV shows that none of the characters ever work or, in this case, go to school. Like, they just straight up, everyone is ditching constantly. And Alex is, like, sort of maybe meta, like, is this how the stories have to work? Where we're just going to disregard school? Plus, they're sort of stepping on Alex's thing. 
because she thought she was cool because she doesn't go to yeah. high school anymore. And now if everyone's doing Wait, it, it's not that cool. I could have ditched school but still had a roof provided for me. <laughs> I didn't have to fully go on my own. And see, I was always taught that school is cool. Yeah. Am I learning now that school is not cool? I thought school is cool, hugs not drugs. But apparently, fuck school, do drugs. That's uh, what you're supposed to do. Fuck school, hugs for drugs. Hugs for drugs. Yeah. That's the Post Malone world we're living in. I guess that's just the fucking way it's going to be. Aren't we Neo Malone at this point? Oh, I that's that's my favorite movement of the Malones. So Seth shows up, uh, and Jody is still there. She's in the shower, which makes Seth very nervous. And he's like, well, I guess at least you're not in there together, which is a weird thing to say. Not uh, knowing that, like... Uh, he Jody is not the person in this scene on the phone that he should be worried right. about. Right, he doesn't even know. Uh, one of the best things uh, that any TV show character has ever said to that kind of smarmy bullshit, she's like, oh, I would have introduced you guys, but I didn't want you to meet. Mm-hmm. That's no games. Yeah. Like, straight up, fuck that. Why would I want you guys to meet? I it, love Alex. It reminds me a lot of that time where uh, one of uh, Michael Bluth's girlfriends was leaving the house, mm-hmm. and he was like, let's call her Rebecca, because that's the name of the episode. He's like, oh, no, Rebecca... And she turns around. She's like, "What?" He's like, "Oh no, I, I just wanted to say I, just, your name. I was just saying your name. I, I thought that you also knew this was a TV show. <laughs> Apparently, you didn't. That Alex, by finishing that sentence, like the the whole TV world is very confusing yeah. to her. She's like, she just she was a real resident of Orange County and is baffled by how these people are acting at all times. You're not supposed to mix scripted and reality no. characters with each other. And at least if you're going to, I guess tell them. But no, I like this new Truman Show version. Uh, but it does make sense, though, because all of the TV actors look like Seth and Marissa, and all of the real people in the OC look like Alex. Yeah. Like, that's how we all look. Just, like, real. Like, yeah. just legit normal human beings. Just, like, basic, normal-ass people. Just, that, that's just, like, I guess we're not all tens. I'm sorry. Yeah, we just, just look like Alex. Just a human being that God made, okay? So who's on the other end with, of Alex's phone? It is Marissa, who is, uh, instead of getting ready for school, blasting music in uh-huh. the morning, making bedroom screwdrivers, <laughs> and then screaming at Cal when he dares knock on her door to be like, why aren't you going to school? Now, we see Marissa dancing around with a glass of orange juice. And then, after a little bit of dancing, she goes into her drawer, pulls the flask out, and pours it in. Mm -hmm. Mike, are we to believe that this is the first pour of the flask of the morning? No way. Or is the Marissa Cooper we know, uh, we missed the first pour. We did not see that as the audience. And she was like... Not enough, yes. and then did another pour at eight in the morning. Marissa Cooper hasn't touched raw orange juice to her lips in five years. It's just been screwdriver since she was eleven. Can you imagine? Like she accidentally has handed just an orange juice and spits it everywhere. Oh, like, did this go bad? Because <laughs> it doesn't taste like it went bad at all. It's so sweet. Um, before we get to Marissa and Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> um, there's another thing that happens in Alex's apartment while she's on the phone with Marissa. So same conversation, different locale. Caleb. We see, we see Alex start to freak out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Marissa's like, uh, aren't you sick of me? Or Alex says, aren't you sick of me? And then Marissa says, no, are you sick of me? And Alex is like, no, oh, wait, oh, my God. And she, we're starting to see the insecure Alex for the first time. Mm-hmm. That Alex was always this cool, on top of it all, hot chick. And when she was dealing with Seth. Right, and that's actually not true. And one of the things that the OC does that I've noticed is that it really – puts a spotlight on the fact that like relationships aren't equal. Mm-hmm. One person always likes the uh, uh one the other person more, more than the other way. You know, like there's always a power dynamic there. And Alex was bored with Seth because she was so on top. Right. And then from here on out, we're about to see her become the Seth and mm-hmm. freak out. Because and I do especially in high school, that is the age. You don't know how to take the healthy version of what Zach said and here here's what I want. You only turn it as weird like whiny bag of meat but you're you said that that is high school i think think that that's something that goes away in high school i'm i'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping it goes away i don't know i like i think that the oc might hit it too hard but i do think that there is i think it's interesting to think about like yeah every relationship one person is okay with the fact that they love the other one more and the other person's okay mm. with the fact that they love the other one less. I guess what the OC says is nobody is okay with it. With Zach, uh, with Seth and Summer, it flip flops. Who's more into the other person, and so they're never okay with it. At no point is they're both trying to be like, shouldn't we both be okay? But they're not. Which in that storyline only has a limited amount of time because it, you know, once the person's on top, they're like, all right, free fall for me then, and then it flips. <laughs> Which is true. Like I chased my, my my first girlfriend in high school was like my best friend it was that very like teenage rom-com sad story 
except Ducky got the girl, and he should never get the girl. Uh, as a Ducky, you should never get the girl. It goes to your head. Uh, a few months into actually dating, I was like, oh, I'm cute now? Peace! Like, that's not how that works. It's bad for you. You turn shitty. Yeah. That's why I hate Seth. Uh, so Marissa blasting music. Caleb, it feels like is actually trying to bond with her. Really? Well, not for a lot of it. It is. Him I didn't being mean like, that to be such a leading. Really, <laughs> really, he is trying to control his what he thinks his domain is. Yes. he's not wrong. High school kids should go to high school, but I do think he, the vulnerability is is because Julie is in Europe researching, as Marissa points out, a magazine about Orange County Wall in Europe. Uh, but he says, "When your mother leaves town, my life goes to pieces." I do think he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things going on with Cal right now. Is that uh. It is his house, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he should have... And it's his planet. Like, he should have right. full control. Um, and the other thing, too, is that when he goes to talk to Marissa, I think that he thinks that Marissa acts the way that she does to other people, but not Cal. Right. Like, Cal has full domain. And so... I, but I love Cal. There's, like, three scenes that are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like, Marissa, what are you doing? You should go to school. No, I'm not going to. And so when he goes in there and says that, Marissa's like, no, fuck you. You can't do shit. And Cal's response all three times is like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't care. Yeah. Like, whatever. Just do whatever you want. Really, I think he's I having personal issues, and he wants to talk to her about them. He's like, go to school, so he can then lead her away and be like, here's what's going on with me. Oh, you think that, like, he had a little bit of an agenda, like, while on the way out, could I just get a couple things off my chest? Yeah. Very manly, very subtly, but, like, still, like, talk to a girl about a thing. I would normally bore your mother with these, but right now I need to bore you with them because she's gone. He's not a good guy, that Caleb. No. He, he can't stop using... And we learn that it's been a while since Lindsay found out he was her father, right? And well, for us, it's been months. <laughs> no, it's been just almost as like since the show aired. Uh, he hasn't reached out at all, and she wants to get to know him more. And she's asking Ryan about him in class. And she's, he's like, is he a good guy? And he's like, yeah, no, he doesn't like me because he thinks I'm after the Cohen's money, which has he said that before? I thought he just want th- thought he wanted to ruin everything. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that Caleb thinks that he's like a drama machine. Right. He's no Haley. That's what Julie thinks yeah. Ryan is. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, what other... Because he sees... Because Ryan is lower class, mm-hmm. he's like sort of not human. He's only a vacuum. Yeah, and trying to get up to the next class. And the only way to do that is Caleb money. Mm-hmm. But he says he thinks I'm after the Cohen's money. Other than that, he's great. What? Why lie to her? Because it's her dad. I don't know. I mean, he does, he spends the episode slowly coming clean. Right. But also, he, he does know that Caleb will do the talking for him. Mm-hmm. Like, Caleb will prove to you, Lindsay. Give him enough rope. Yeah. And there's no way that uh, Ryan thinks that Lindsay is going to be manipulated by Caleb like so many of his other daughters. Right. Like, she's going to know. Well, because she didn't grow up fully with him messing with her brain. Right. Well, we have to take a break. But you know what, Ryan? When we come back, we're going to just dig into Lindsay and Cal. Sweet. Ryan, Cal has no time for Lindsay. He doesn't think about her at all. He's in his office being a grumbly mump. And then Ryan barges in. Ryan, who Cal does not like. A little bit of Atwood being Atwood. Atwood is definitely being Atwood. Everybody always says that everything is a Western. Uh-huh. Just, oh, yeah. Like, uh, Scream 2, that's a Western. Um, Ryan Atwood really does everything he can to turn everything into a Western. And straight up bust in to the Sundance or the OK Corral mm-hmm. Uh, well, what I let you said, uh, Gary Cooper earlier, and that's he's not John Wayne. He's not trying to. He, I think, Ryan Atwood season one was John Wayne. I do think he's matured into Gary Cooper. He's trying to do what's right, but doesn't want to hurt people anymore. Do you think season three is Billy Crystal from City Slickers? Yes. He, he just turns into Seth. What's season four then? Space Cowboy? Billy Crystal from City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Of course. Uh, so Cal apparently doesn't have a secretary. Any ruffian can just wander in and yell at the biggest ceo in newport beach and ryan 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 unbeknownst to him uh walks in at one of the grumbliest moments he's, oh, a, yeah. he's a ceo of a company which means you're constantly going oh, 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 and like moving Bond papers. stocks For, up down <laughs> like you're a rapper in a 90s song <laughs> and uh he's just moving papers from one side of his desk to the other mm-hmm. ryan doesn't know this but bad timing bro because well, cal is useless without the women in his life right he doesn't know how to run this company without kiki and juju there's a woman that wants to hang out with him but no no no, no. we don't have time for Lindsay. she's not gonna help me with my bonds and stocks and faxes my full balls Ew. uh so ryan goes in and he just like cuts to it right away and he's like Lindsay, 
you're a bad dad. She's been asking about you. And I do. Ryan knew funny Ryan. Uh, this is like real world funny because the characters don't laugh. He's like, she wants to get to know you, even though I already told her what you're like. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah, man. This is like, I guess he is getting quicker and wittier. Mm-hmm. But I love how it's not Seth sort of like dry, sardonic wiener bullshit. Right. It's uh, action hero quips. Yeah. He always has the perfect action hero quip for like the villain in front of him. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he has the wife beater, Ryan. You know who I'm, he's John McClane. Yes. He's just like, come out to the coast, meet your daughter. <laughs> and I like, Cal tries to like tag team. He's like, oh, you want to talk about fatherly relationships? How's your father? Is he still in jail? And uh, just like you would be if it wasn't for Sandy, boom, motherfucker. Boom, 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 boom. And Cal fucking shuts down. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I guess you should leave now. <laughs> I don't. That was a very good point, And Ooh. I would like you to leave. Oh. And then later, Kirsten's uh, in his office with him, helping him with the faxes and the stocks and the bonds. And he brings it up. He's like, can you believe that this Lindsay wants to hang out with me? But she's not trying to hang out. And Kirsten's like, she's in high school, yeah. man. This is only on you. I used, this used to happen a lot, uh, like with my family. Is like I like would have an aunt that complains that like, oh, I don't call her enough. I was in third fucking yeah. grade, dude. What? What? Because I do think uh, the older you get, the younger you feel. The younger that's what they say. The older you get, the younger you feel. At what point is it the kid's responsibility? Well, I mean, I I got to a certain point in my life where it was now my responsibility, and then I stopped because I don't want to talk on the phone to you right aunt i guess not with that specific aunt. i understand your issues there but i'm saying like 27 is always 27 the age that i go to where like that's the new you're an adult we should Shit. move all of uh the drinking and driving ages to 27 mm-hmm. you shouldn't it's not until 27 until you're allowed to drink and drive um but yeah i at a like you can't blame Lindsay right. for not doing all the stuff she has already done more than she so should have you much. fucking old bald asshole monster uh and so Cal reaches out to Lindsay and he's like, Let, let's, I guess we should have dinner. And uh, Lindsay, one, has been Googling, or what, what is it in 2004? She has been reading the OC Weekly. She's been reading and the OC Weekly? Mike, let me tell you. I grew up on the OC Weekly. I was raised on a, in a cage with newspaper on the floor and it was, it was OC Weekly. the only blanket and only mother you had. This was the, if you grew up in the OC, in when I grew up, uh, it was vital like it was your bible it had all the stuff that you were going to do every weekend and then all of the stuff about how uh every single person that is has any authority is rotten to the core and i started thinking about in the haiti of the oc weekly what the articles would be about caleb nichols Mm -hmm. and they would be scathing my friend scathing and that's how she describes him she says apparently he's everything wrong with western civilization yeah let me tell you in real life in our life not realer than the OC, but in our different life in the OC, um, the OC Weekly had a lot to say about the Irvine Group, mm-hmm. which a uh, little Caleb's company may be based on. No, you, the Newport Group, the Irvine, their names are totally different. Yeah, There's that's no true. way. I fucked up on that no, one. No, I don't. I don't see any connection. Yeah, the OC Register is where you'd go to for like shitty conservative news. Yeah, and the OC Weekly is the alt weekly of like for the real shit. It was like somewhere in between a newspaper and like a zine. Mm-hmm. Remember zines? Yes, I think that's where Gustav Ariano got his like food writing start before he like blew up into the guy he is like those he weekly was legit and badass movie reviews with cursing in them swears not like this movie used the f-word but like they'd be like this fucking movie was Use dope the bro fucking f-word <laughs> i watched this movie while i listened to sublime and it was fucking dude lou dog smelled all inside the van is that a sublime lyric probably not the one that i'm thinking of but i bet it is in a different song <laughs> he's always talking about his fucking dog smelling up his van you're homeless, Wait, Bradley. Like, stinking up the van or running into every van and just smelling everything? Oh, well, that's an adorable dog story now. <laughs> Hopefully he's not stinking up his van. Lindsay gets Ryan. How do you do that? How, like, how did you remember what the fuck <laughs> we were talking about? I just white out for a second <laughs> and come so- back in. <laughs> Lindsay gets Ryan to agree to come with dinner. And Ryan's up front. He's like, this might make it harder for you. He doesn't like me. And she's just like, I'm scared, man. Can you just? That's fine. And this is why Ryan is like a, more of a classic hero because and selfless. If he's selfish, it's for selfless reasons or selfless for selfish reasons because she she knows his kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to. It would make right. me feel better, and ultimately, that's all Ryan cares about is making whoever's cl- next to him feel better. Although, is Ryan clever like a fox? Is mm-hmm. he thinking like, well, after three dinner dates between Cal and Lindsay, she'll realize. 
But if I come on just one, she will realize immediately. And I wonder if that's so far in the back of his brain. I don't think that's a first thought Ryan Atwood thought. But he's been around the block in the OC for a while now. I think you can't hang out with Juku that much and not learn how to manipulate a little. He can get into more trouble here than where he's from. Wait, that's what he said. Oh, my God. You nailed him to a T. Shit. Wait, isn't that what they did to Jesus? Yes. They pegged him. Is that where that phrase comes from? I think so. Nailed him to To a T. That's fucking truth, brother. Uh, So they... Lindsay shows up. Cal shows up at a very posh restaurant. Uh, Was it important for Ryan to show up late for like the most dramatic effect? For the show, yes. It, it's not if they're all in the foyer. It's like, oh, okay. And you have the walk from behind the hostess to the table to prepare how you're all going to do this dinner. But it does feel like the kids decided to fuck Cal. Yeah, over. I think they set him up, which is fine. Fuck Cal. But uh, so he gets there late, and I love because Cal is not quick on the draw, uh-huh. not like superstar Western uh, star Ryan. And so he's pissed, but the only thing that he can think of is, well, if I knew someone else was coming, I would have, we would have had three menus. Yeah. It's, it's fine, Cal. They'll bring another menu, bro. And I also think in Cal's mind, that's an insult. Ryan, uh-huh. you don't have a menu yet. <clears throat> How's that feel? Do they not have menus in Chino? Mm. Do you, is there you some just point to the chicken you want to slaughter? Where's the chicken picture that you need to point at? I would love to eat at a restaurant where it's just pictures of the animals, and you point, and then you hear their death scream from the kitchen. You would what, love to eat at that restaurant. I would love to eat at that restaurant. Not point at the actual animal. A picture a of picture. them. I'm not a monster. But as long as... Can I hear the death scream, though? Your eyes are not monsters. Your ears are oh, monsters. I'm afraid of them. I don't know what those guys get up and do when I'm sleeping. <laughs> I think it's just more Q-tipping. You need to stop Q-tipping I really so do. much. My ears have been so infected. That's why I left. Honestly, I've been gone all summer. Just my ears trade off who's more infected. It's Ear disgusting infected. and painful. It's the easiest thing to solve, though. Somebody blows in one end, and then it all comes out the other side. But then that one's hurt now. Oh, it doesn't come out the other ear. It just all goes it just, in that ear. It just stays for a while until I get sick and blow in the other ear. Do you um, switch back and forth when you're sleeping from side to side? Yeah. Because that's it's every just, five minutes. It's going from one side of your head to the other while uh, you're doing that. Should I sleep on my head? No, you should Q-tip more. Q-tip more. A B Q T. A B Q T. Always be Q T in. Quarter time? Always be quarter time. Uh, Live your life one Q tip at a time. Ryan sits down and it's like three seconds. And Cal's like, So what do you want? You brought him, so you want money. You want a car? You want an Ivy League education? What the fuck do you want from me? Now, a scene like this, do you watch a scene like this and think Caleb is just villainous? Like he is a two dimensional kid? Because it really is three seconds oh, yeah. before, like, Lindsay realizes everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Caleb is a two-dimensional villain, or do you think that Caleb is uh, closer to maybe like uh, your president, not mine? You voted for him, I didn't, and like can't like cannot help himself. He knows that this is bad. He knows what he's doing is bad, but he cannot help his brain in his mouth. Like a temper, he just has such a temper. Yeah, and like the the thought of like holding that thought back just doesn't even occur to him. Yeah, that cannot help himself. And one temper, it's just a sign you're a weak person. Uh, can I help yourself also means, like, he's so used to getting what he wants that, like, I should be able to say whatever I want to anybody, and then it's going to be fine no matter so what. So what he expects is for the two of them to look at each other. Like, the worst is right. the two of them to look at each other and go, like, oh, and then continue on with dinner because Cal is yeah. Cal. And, or be like, yeah, give me my car. And he'll be like, well, you're just like me. That's all. It's just, uh, like, your president, not mine. You voted for him. I didn't. Uh Everything I accuse other people is just what I am. The only reason he would go to any dinner with a family member is because he needs something from him. See, every time he's asked Sandy to grab a casual drink, uh, he only uses. It's uh, So, Sandy, how are you? And will you do these 17 illegal things for me? And you can tell how illegal they are by the cheer you hear. Sandman! You're like, oh, you're going to want me to kill somebody. You can also tell because of the giant scroll he pulls out and then it just like go, all the paper goes on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's... You're clearly evil. You're a necromancer. Nice people don't have scrolls that they wrote Nice on. people write in papyrus. That's the oldest they write in, not scrolls. So you love the Navi. They're the best. They're just the nicest. Uh, that's kind of the it. Ryan and Lindsay leave, and they're like, well, that sucks. What a monster. And that's the end of Cal and Lindsay. When we come back, let's talk about comic books for once. Ryan. Michael. Summer and Zach... Post breakfast. Wait, Hot Girl Summer and Zach. Hot Girl Summer and Zach. Oh my God! That, yeah, it's based off her. Uh, Megan the Stallion herself and Zach 
walk in Wait, to... Wait, is Megan the Stallion uh, Princess Sparkle? Yes. Uh, it's all connected. It's all connected, man. The OCD universe. Uh, they walk into the little coffee shop that is at their high school, and Seth looks forlorn. He's, like, just doodling. Uh, and Summer's like, hey, I'm going to get us coffees. Go fucking... Go. Shoot. Find out what's wrong with... Find out what happened about Alex. They step up to a fully-fledged indoor Starbucks in their high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk past the pool table to go order coffee next to the, uh, like, eight arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. What of the, like what about their high school makes you the most mad because it's the least realistic and you are so jealous? It's probably the lobster tanks on the other side of the pool tables that they get to then point at and be like, that's the one I'll eat for lunch today, Jeeves. But they don't even say that. They, they say, like, I, I'm not going to eat it. I just want that one to die. And then they want to hear it scream. Oh, uh-huh. no. I, I, it makes me mad because I don't like to see myself represented. Yes. You are so represented in this show. Uh, yeah. The, a, a thousand arcade games. Do you know how different my high school experience would have been if there are arcade games all over my high school? I wouldn't have had to learn how to make friends. Now, everyone, and I don't know if you can relate to this, Mike, but everyone is worried about uh, like Seth coming in between Zach and Summer. Uh-huh. But by the end of this episode, Zach and Seth are coming in between Summer and Zach. Yes, and very innocently. Seth isn't like diabolic. Seth is fully invested in the Alex thing. It's not like a weird plan. But Summer comes over after Zach is talking to him, and she's like, hey, I hope that all worked out. I hope Seth is fixed forever and not sad or anything. And what she realizes, she raises one of those Summer eyebrows, and she's like, fuck, I've created a monster because now Zeth is a thing. Zeth, and because uh, Zach wandered over and be like, hey, bro, are we bros? What's wrong, bro? Uh... And he's like, it didn't work out. He's like, I guess you could just like doodle or whatever. And he's like, wait, these are really good. You should make a comic. Uh, and Summer brings Seth a latte. They're friends now. That's great. But yeah, she instantly like, it's not just like, Seth should make a comic. Zach is like hunched over with him. Like, you're going to be great, kid. That's the thing is that Summer was saying, go over there for five minutes, uh-huh. fix him, and then come back to me. Is there a look in Zach's eye that lets her know, oh no? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's just excitement. Like- I am now going to do this thing, and it's it does not include Summer, and mm-hmm. that's a bummer. It's not that like I think that Zach is whipped or Summer wants to control him. It's just that they now got this. Uh, they're right. now they're excited about this thing while she was buying them coffee. They were coffee, and it's also it did seem like they had plans to walk to homeroom. And she's like, "Are we going to still do the thing?" He's like, "We got a brainstorm." And she's like, "What does that mean?" As they run off, have you ever had a friend like me? <laughs> I'm the genie in <laughs> Zach is the, the puppy dog, the Labrador of now that Luke is gone, right? Uh-huh. And he's so positive and so supportive. And he's so supportive that like he really does erase the rain cloud above Seth. He's yeah. so excited about this comic book. They leave immediately. And it made me feel so bad for you. Like me as a person? Yeah. Not the proverbial me. Because if uh I came over, if like my wife was like, go cheer up, uh, Mike, you look sad. And I came over and you were drawing. I would be like, uh, I would hit the pad <laughs> out of your hands. I'd probably call you like a lot of weird slurs. Yeah. And then when Summer brought the coffee, I would throw them hit at you. those out of her hands. <laughs> those out of her hands. Catch one. Catch all of the coffee in the air. Pour it on your stupid face so your stupid face is hotter. Mm-hmm. And then be like, I'm just teaching you how to be a dude, dude. Like, yeah. you just like this is going to be better for the podcast. Do you see why you're what you're upset about doesn't matter that much anymore? They're both equally good strategies for raising a friend. I don't know. I don't have the other well, influence ha- in my life. You have me, and then you watch Zach. Yeah. Do you, are you starting to get a preference? And be careful, because well, I'll fucking punch you in the face. I will say, and who knows where this goes, but our podcast is real and exists in the world, and their comic doesn't, so maybe some negative influence is important. That I guess that's true. I, I bet there are more copies of Atomic County sold than listeners of this podcast. Oh, no, I was fine. saying the opposite. I don't think their thing ever becomes a real thing because Zach is too nice. You are a taskmaster and mean, so I got to crank this work out. That's like, this is how we get shit done. Yes. And I, I never have to look introspective and deal with my emotions. Oh, you don't have time. You're getting punched in the face. Thank you. No, you're going to tell me another podcast I have to host and then scream at me. By the way, I don't know if I told you this, but we're starting a new podcast where we review every episode of Jeopardy. Oh, thank God. That show started in like the early <laughs> 60s, so And just really like a minute by minute breakdown. Yeah. I nobody's analyzing it. Like what are they saying about society in mean? that episode? So their answers the daily double to what? This this contestant today said, um, I don't know, Alex, I I'm from Fresno and I just like juggling. Why? The what? Bolshevik Revolution, that's it's, why. It has to be the Bolshevik Revolution. It almost Revolution. always is. You know what we were all juggling at the time, bro? The Bolshevik the Revolution. goddamn Bolshevik Revolution and how to say it. That's what we were juggling. 
Uh, Zach and Seth run off to brainstorm. And that's not a joke. Like they sprint. They just, <laughs> throwing his drawings in the air and then have to sheepishly pick them back up. And then Ryan shows up and finds them because they just like have years before iPhone, they all have find my friend, even yeah. though they constantly move locales, uh-huh. they know where each other will be. Uh, and they like, stink. They're just like, yeah, he just smell that. Well, Seth has been wallowing. So you just follow that sad stench. Uh, they're like, we're doing a comic. He's like, cool, what's it about? And they're like, uh, what the fuck were they brainstorming if they don't even know a pitch for Ryan? So, yeah, they were just like, well, comic, right? Okay. Mm, and then what they know is that it's going to be based on their lives. But I feel like Seth is thinking their literal lives. Yeah. Like, for a while, Zach keeps throwing in there with powers. Yes. Because it doesn't sink in. Zach understands how comic books work. And I think that Seth wants to do, like, uh, you know that, like, comic that holden did at the end of chasing amy uh-huh where it's just like uh like an indie issue about him like moping all the time right is that blankets? what seth, actually seth wants- just wants to write blankets I guess so that's not gonna work seth i want to say i love blankets fuck holden from chasing amy well blankets is written and drawn by professionals yes seth is not going to do this put some fucking powers in there bro put some gdps in there put yeah the gross domestic product in there <laughs> everybody needs it what is it how does it rank against indonesia uh do you think our grossest domestic uh product is Fake vomit. It's like, ew. You know, like, it's, I've always thought it was the grossest. My grossest domestic product probably has to be real poo. And real I'm poo. selling it like hotcakes. <laughs> As a kid, my role model was uh, Danny, not Danny DeVito. Danny Trejo? Uh, Danny Trejo's character on SNL when he said, bad toys for kids. And I was like, that's who I want to be someday. Danny Aykroyd? Danny Aykroyd. You're so tight with Danny Aykroyd that you call him Danny but don't remember his Danny last name. Danny the Trejo Aykroyd is what I like to call him. We just drink Skull Vodka together, and we talk about bad toys for kids. One of the most amazing moments in OC history happens in this scene. First of all, Ryan gets into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they say he's a, a nerd. They say a thing, and he's like, oh, and then it could, and this, and like this. But then um, they, uh, Summer comes up and like, oh, what are you going to be, like brainstorming, lad? And they're like, oh, that'll be great. And then they start brainstorming uh-huh. in their brainstorming session about brainstorming lad. Come on, the yeah. OC. Brainstorming lad, brainstorming kid. He's smart. Yeah, and they just start like, that I feel seen. I feel so seen by that. That is. It also shows the damage that Legion of Superheroes has done to us. Yeah. Because now that like lad is a go-to. Lad should never be a go-to. It, that, la- nobody's going to be a lad. Nobody wants you, laddie. None of it at all. Lass, fine. Brainstorming lass. Equal rights, but no more lads. Uh, and then Summer's like, are we on for tonight? And Zach's like, we just had a major breakthrough, so I don't know. And this is, talk about feeling seen and not in a good way. Summer's reaction is just like, baby, you have no idea how lame you sounded right there. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> So you don't mean like the show was speaking to you in like a ethereal sense. Summer was literally speaking yeah. to you as every person you've ever met. Every person who's not you. And I talk about, oh man, we had such a great night. Here's the next podcast. They're like, oh. Oh no, I was in the scene as the other two guys at the table. <laughs> they, it, it really captures how excited a project can be for the, the people involved and how fucking dumb those people look for everybody else not involved. It also shows like in the, uh, the early days of a project how you can have zero talent and be involved. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, everyone has to realize that like uh, Seth has all the art and probably most of the writing. Right. But at this point, in the, like, the first hour, the best part of any project yeah. ever, everyone's in. and like, Everybody's involved. Yeah. And I do, I do think like if this went, uh, Ryan would fall out in a year and eventually drugs. Seth and Zach go at each other's throat because Seth's like, oh, I'm the talent. And Zach's like, but you never have my business acumen. Like, I do think Zach is Stan Lee. He's the hustler who's going to make shit happen. He's just going to use the shit out of Seth's Jack Kirby. Seth is Jack Kirby here. This, this It's bananas. That has to be the nicest thing we have ever said about Seth. Which is not nearly as nice as what Zach says about Seth's drawing. How about this? Uh, Zach is Stanley and Seth is Kirby... That Nintendo character who like eats clouds and shit. That makes sense and turns into whatever he happens. Yeah, to like eat. that chubby balloon. Uh, Zach looks at his drawings and says, "You're the missing link between Jack Kirby and I don't know Eric White. Who the fuck is Eric White?" I looked it up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you use Google. <laughs> Ryan, Google this for me. What the fuck is this Google? Um, it like artist like pretty prolific according to Google. I didn't know, and it, it was surprising to me that Zach knows, but like he's the son of the politician, and, right? Like, 
very well educated. And all sons of partitions know. Like, oh wait, legit artists, not comic book artists? Yeah, no, like oh. paintings and music. I assume it was Jack shit. Kirby and Eric White was like a 90s Rob Liefeld. That's why I was pissed, is because like, who was this comic artist yeah. that Zach is speaking of that I do not know? But no, legit artist. Oh. Which makes it even Look more complimentary, Zach. too. And yeah. also false. He's drawing shitty Rob Liefeld pictures. Yeah, not not. I wouldn't say Rob Liefeld. It's it, Invincible. It reminded me of Invincible characters. Ryan Otley? Yeah, Otley. And I, I like Otley. I don't hate, I know who drew it and we hate him, but I don't hate Seth's drawings of them. Mm. They look pretty good. Whoever they got to really draw those. Granted, but I, I still think that Kirby and Eric White, the most, our favorite yeah. artist of all time, is a that little... That is a but, friend knowing you're down and you're just blowing that smoke. That's Zach though, right? Yeah, like that's Zach. That's maybe. the friend you don't have. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, just continue the adventures of Atomic County. Ryan? Before you go, Mike, I have so many other things to talk about in this episode. Please. May I just go? I, I just want to talk about like uh, Sandy and Kirsten nope. and like, the whole Rebecca thing. Uh-uh. And I want to talk to, about the mall episode because we should start previewing that. Is that coming up? I think it is. Is that? Is it real? <laughs> You've talked about it for so long. I don't know if I believe you. What if when we watch it, it's just a VHS tape of me sitting in a mall? Mall, mall, mall. I'm already at the mall. What am I cheering for? Chanting mall while watching Dawn of the Dead. Takes place at the mall. Uh, Are there any references to Dawn of the Dead in the mall episode, do you think? Probably. Probably. There's got to be. Everybody was eating George Romero up those days. I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. Either of them? I've never seen Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Oh, that's okay with you? No, you should. I've only seen Snyder's. I saw the Snyder cut. Snyder cut. (laughs) That should not be a drop. (laughs) We can't be those people. Snyder Cut! Uh, at some point, they're brainstorming, and it's the fun brainstorming session. Nobody has jobs yet. They're, they're idea men right now. Uh, and they're talking about comic book movies, and Seth makes like a noise. He was like, oh, they all suck. Which is weird. Like Sometimes, besides the fashion, you're really reminded about how long ago this yeah. was. We have had 25 good to great comic book yeah. movies since this episode came out. Well, in 04, he had at least had a, a Maguire. Jerry? Or two Jerry Maguires, right? Seth at least had two Maguire Spider-Man. Yes. And I know they had two X-Men movies because Zach says, you didn't like X2? Well, I, I actually think that, and I know the importance of X-Men in our world, uh-huh. the first movie, but I actually think that X2 is great and the first one is kind of shitty. Yeah, oh no, that's what I was going to say. X2 is, it's insane. It's hard to find. That movie is hard. It's like they want to erase it. Because they don't want people to remember that they once made a great fucking movie. And I love the first McGuire Spider-Man, maybe for a lot of bias reasons, but if you're a fan of the whole Potfilter family, you know that we covered Spider-Man 2 on Movie of the Year, and yeah. it's fucking wonderful. It's, and this, uh, you in the 20s talked about if Seth was a teen now, would he be in the comics? And there was an argument that no, because they're popular and Seth doesn't, so is it? is getting popular, so he's hipstering out. He's like, I used to like, it sucks. I guess so. Yeah, I think it's a, for people like Seth, it's just a reflex. Yeah. Just say it, whatever is brought up, say it's stupid, and then think about it later. And that's, I, I really do think for good or ill, almost all ill, that there's so much Seth in me. Uh, and even at that age, but that's insane, because I wet my little pants to CX2 and all those movies. Like, it took so many bad comic book movies to get me to stop showing up midnight shows. Why were you wearing such little pants? Well, I knew I was going to wet them. I don't want to wet my big boy pants. That'd be embarrassing. Because then it would be like an oxymoron. Yeah. So I put on little short pants. Just peed all over them. I'm glad that you put them on first. Sat you don't want to put your pants on the and ground. Then and then sat in a movie in the little pee pants. Watch the whole movie. I think that there were a couple of standouts. But back then, uh, it was much closer to video game movies than it yeah. is today. It was weird that like there aren't any good video game or comic book movies. It's still weird that there's no good video game movies. The story's right there, assholes. Kevin Feige, dude. Go make some Get, video game movies. Play a video game, freak out about it, and make it good. Uh, Flash Forward in the uh, summer and Zach are supposed to go on a date, but they just keep working. And now I do feel like they, they're they not just... I, I do think Zach's like, now draw Marissa! Now draw Ryan! Uh, and so maybe, he's becoming me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, Zach's changing in a bad way. Good! Uh, and Summer walks in on them still freaking out. She's like, we have, we have a movie to go to. And they're just like, wait, show me what she gets very nervous. Just show me what you're working on. Uh, and she gets, show me what you're working with. She gets very upset because there's no summer pictures yet. Why are there no summer pictures? Well, 
there are a couple of pictures of each of the characters and an entire book of summer pictures. And entire book. Ryan Atwood, Atwood makes it very clear that, like, Seth, you and Zach are doing real good right now. It may be cool to not show him these. Because not only is there an entire book of summer pictures from Seth's Portland summer when he was... Summer, summer pictures. Lamenting her loss. Uh, they are Jessica Drew angled that painting of her right. that freaked people out because there's no way a woman's body could be like that and they're not all like there's other pictures in there so some are summer summer pictures yes i don't think there's a clear way to say that uh and, and Seth, some of her are in the new movie or the, the movie that came out uh, from the director of hereditary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so some are midsummer summer summer pictures uh and seth trusts ryan so he's like i guess i won't show zach so he hides that notebook under his bed. And not bad advice. No. Seth should have been like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, show him one. Rip one out of the notebook, maybe. Tape it in the other Otherwise, one. Zach is going to punch you like, I said do all the characters by 8 a.m. Uh, and then they're, they're trying to get to their movie. And I do love that Zach is suddenly like, we're going to be late. And Summer's like, that motherfucker, this is your fault. You were supposed to pick me up an hour ago. Uh, but she forgot her purse upstairs, runs back up, uh, trips over everything a la Dick Van Dyke, and then finds the notebook. That, <laughs> as she's going down, she grunts, and that's what her grunts sound like. She's like, Dick Van Dyke! Dick Van Dyke. Uh, and finds the notebook, and peeks at it, and then steals it. Okay, so, I don't know how much time we have, but stealing it is the dumbest fucking TV sitcom yeah. bullshit that I have ever seen. Way, way, way below the, the level that summer should be. At most, IRL... You rip out one, fold it up to look at later. You got to whack off. Or you just open the notebook, see there are a bunch of pictures of you. You now have all of the information yeah, you need. I got it. Well, I guess because she looked at a couple and went, there's a whole notebook. I got to get this movie. I want to look at all of them. Because she is still the summer we first met. She's still a little vain. That's true, I guess. Uh, my favorite summer moment, though, is when she first, wa- first walks into them still brainstorming. Uh, not only has Seth and Zach infected her, but she knows like... Uh, undergroundish references because she's like what are you guys cavalier and gay yeah i def jammed around the room i was like summer what a bad 2004 homophobic joke but man yeah. good job way to date you both in references and uh social norms yeah you can't just say that that's very funny for the time you can't say that anymore everyone should have looked and be like minty much minty and then looked at the tv until just commercial came wait the screen yeah, or is the tv in the us. living room looked at us uh, okay <laughs> Which and we are in the TV screen in the living room. Yeah, that is weird. That it fucks is me up. Corey And why are we sixty nineing? I don't know. That's what they put on. <laughs> I don't know why they. Wait, hold on. Before we finish the conversation, they put these two guys sixty nine on the TV. All right, continue, please. Mm. Don't be distracted. Go ahead. It's art. Uh, Wait, so that's some Eric White shit, probably. That's it, that's it's fucking Eric White shit. <laughs> I think I went to high school with Eric White shit. Uh, Summer, I guess, sees this movie, shark movie on IMAX comes back to see seth like like no i've looked through this notebook we have to talk about it yeah i think that this is like i was very disappointed in summer when she took the notebook <laughs> I was, all right dad like i started pacing i was like what are we doing i raised you better than this i'm not mad just disappointed uh but how it does come uh back to summer like making summer great is it isn't six episodes of intrigue and espionage to get this sketchbook uh-huh. back under the bed she doesn't like come through the ceiling on a bungee cord and lay it right. under there. She goes back and says, "Like, I'm I acted like a TV character real quick, and instead, like, I'm just going to tell you straight up, I did this, I fucked up, and I'm sorry." And yeah, it's legit, and I do think shows a friendship building because she's like, "Are we cool?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Are we cool?" And she's like, "Yeah, don't don't burn them." You know what else? Uh, <clears throat> what also helps is that, uh, and she didn't take advantage of this, but what also helps is Seth has done shit like this thousands of times. Oh, yeah. So. It'd be hard for him to get upset at her. Oh, he could not. Uh, but she uh, echoes Ryan Atwood's advice and says, let's not tell Zach about this at all. And then they just high five forever. And then gives him advice, smaller boobs, no mask. Yes. Which is, you know what? Good advice. Not for a secret identity. No, but yeah, probably good advice. Probably should, for who Seth is, probably should have a woman in the creative room on all of his artwork. I say no face mask, smaller boob mask. Like two mm. green Jim Carrey faces on her boobs. Well, you just went to that mask burlesque show, so that's still on your mind. That is true. Uh, and that's kind of that's this chapter of the, the Atomic County, which I don't think they've even named it yet. 
but that is the comic book group. But when they do, it's because we thought of it first. Yeah, time travel. Again, it's all fucking wibbly-wobbly. Uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of the OCD, Ryan. And we have that, not yet talked about. There are other storylines. There though, are. Bro. There are several. But I guess we're going to have to get to them next week. Oh, so this is not the final episode of the OCD? No. Do you think that you will show up on the next episode? For the next episode, I'm going to yes. text Cassie and Caitlin right now. I mean, have them on standby. They'll sit outside the studio. Do you want to tease? What are we talking about a little next week? Uh, one of the bigger storylines of this season kickstarts in this episode when Sandy and Kirsten are about to go over one of the biggest speed bumps in their marriage. Uh, top, like, 30, probably. They have a lot of speed bumps. Yeah. It's a windy suburban road. Nothing but speed bumps. Uh, until then, you can check out everything we do at yourpopfilter.com. Or subscribe to all of our shows on the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want me to do half of this? What's your other shows? My other shows? Yeah. Uh, I am starting a show called, well, we talked about it, uh, Jeopardy Jeopardy. Because we're in Jeopardy because of how many shows we have to review of Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. So download Jeopardy Jeopardy. Uh, download Movie of the Year where we try to uh, figure out what is the best movie of any given year. And the Superhero Hour Hour where we cover every TV show based on a comic book. If you think... That we are you're better than us. If you think you're fucking better than us, uh, if you think we're way off base about Caleb, uh, if you have ideas about what Julie could be up to in Europe for her OC Beast magazine, uh, say OC Beast, <laughs> OC Beast magazine, uh, email us uh, at contact at yourpopfilter.com or give us a little ring a ding ding voicemail at 1562 DRDJPOP. If you're actually Julie Cooper, email us and tell us what the fuck are you doing in Europe? Have you been bro? in Europe since 2004? Because, like, good for you, girl. That's a good life. Is that all of them? I think that's all of them. That's all of them for now. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at yourpopfilter. Is that, is that inspiring? <laughs> Go there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those green lantern JPEGs. Let's California!